Hello and welcome to the Canola Watch podcast. My name is Jay Wetter. The topic today is pollen beetle, a brassica crop pest in other parts of the world. Will it come to the Canadian prairies? My guest is... My name is uh, Christine Narona and I'm a, a research scientist and entomologist with Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada in Charlottetown. Pollen beetle is a common pest of canola, or oilseed rapeseed, in Europe. The invasive species arrived in Atlantic Canada quite a few years ago. It has not yet traveled to the prairies, at least that we know of. Christine Nerona is going to tell us about this pest, what it looks like, what it does, and how farmers in Europe manage it. What brought you to Prince Edward Island? Um, it was the job. I used to work, uh, I did my degree in um, at, at McGill in Montreal, and then I worked, I did a postdoc at Laval, University of Laval in Quebec City. Then I went to Lethbridge, Alberta, and I was there for three years. And then there was this job opening here, so I applied and I got the job here. So that's what brought me to Prince Edward Island. Were you there? This in September when the hurricane struck? Yes, I was. Yes, it was pretty bad. Did, did it uh, affect it your very, work? Yeah. Uh, it was very scary. There was um, the wind was very scary. Um, I thought my roof was going to take off. Um, uh, it did to a certain extent, like some of our crops were were kind of, especially the corn, you know, it got kind of flattened a little bit, but we still got got our, our date, data from there. Um, some of the potatoes, it, it kind of took us a little bit longer to harvest because we had to wait for it to, to dry out, so to actually um, harvest the potatoes. But it didn't affect the canola that much because we had already taken out, taken off our canola and we had harvested it, so we didn't uh, it, that project didn't get affected as much. Why did you become Canada's pollen beetle lead researcher? <laughs> I guess so. Well, I've been doing this for for a few years now. Um, you know, when I first saw the pollen beetle and I figured out what it was, I thought, well, you know, we have to be proactive because, you know, it's it's going to move, and if it moves, we may as well know something about it so the main main objective was to find out more about this beetle like what uh what does it do how does it cause damage that kind of thing just the basic knowledge so that we we you know we we know something more about it so if it ever gets when when and if it gets really a big problem in western canada then we at least we have that knowledge you know and we can hit the ground running the Latin name, uh, I'm going to try it, Brassica gethes viridescens. Did I say yeah. that right? Correct, yes. Do you know what that means in English? Brassica gethes is more um, uh, based on the fact that the, the larva can only survive on, on brassica crops. So that's why they gave it Brassica gethes. Um, it used to be called something else before, but, you know, taxonomists always keep changing names. So Brassicogethes is from there. And viridescence is because it's got, um, 
it's it's shiny like it's a metallic greenish color to it so it's uh, because of that it's called iridescence i've never seen a pollen beetle but they look oh. like they look like flea beetles to me Yes, they're very small. Yes, exactly. They're 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 fairly small. They're, they're a little bit smaller than flea beetles too, um, the normal flea beetles that we have. But uh, yeah, but the only thing is they don't have those uh, flea beetles have those uh, really um, thick legs because they jump. So. They, that's what you find in in the flea beetles, but with uh, with this with the pollen beetle, it doesn't have those. What do the legs of a pollen beetle look like then? They're, they're like normal insect legs, except that you can identify viridescence from from some of the other species by this little spine that it has on its leg. Usually you look at it under the microscope to to see that that little spine that it has on its on its legs. What would a farmer be looking for? Uh, yeah, it would be more difficult. They would they would just look to see if they were the, the beetles themselves, like the black beetles. They would make sure that they're not um, the flea beetles, because if you touch a flea beetle, it'll jump, whereas if you such a pollen beetle is not going to jump. So that's the first thing that tells you it's not a flea beetle. And then usually pollen beetles are found in the flowers or around the flowers feeding on them. So the best thing is to, to collect them and send them off, send them to somebody to, to look at under the microscope to make sure that it's viridescence and not some other, uh, some other beetles, but they don't do as much damage as, as as uh, these ones do, so it's best to just collect a few, send them off to the special, to the entomologist to see uh, if they are um, what they are, and then you know if you have pollen beetles or not. How do they damage canola? It's, it's very unique in that the, the adults feed on pollen from many different flowers. Uh, but the larvae can only survive on pollen from uh, the uh, plants from the family Brassica. So what what they do is the the um, beetle comes out in the in, early in the spring, and then they feed on different flowers. And then when the canola is just ready to start budding, so it just has those little green buds on it, they're starting to form. That's when the the pollen beetle moves into uh, into the, the the canola, and then the the um, the adults will chew on the bud, uh, make a make like a hole on in the bud, and it will go in and lay its eggs in the inside the bud. And once the eggs are laid, then after a week or so, the 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 eggs hatch, and the larvae start feeding on the pollen inside the bud. Um, it'll stay there and the bud bud does open, it does flower, um, but they've eaten all the all the pollen and the, the larvae have now grown to the second instar and they're a little bit more mobile at the second instar stage. So then they start moving to different flowers around feeding on the pollen. But what happens with that bud that has been damaged, the, the plant itself aborts that, that bud, so the bud falls off. So when you so you lose the bud that way you, you don't have any a pod 
forming and there's no seed. So that's how, um, you know, the the um, the yield, you have a reduction in your yield at that point. Let's just talk about their territory. Mm -hmm. They they're found um, in Europe. They feed on canola and rapeseed in Europe. What level of yield loss do farmers in Europe see? In Europe, they they have uh, they can see about seventy percent reduction in yield, but they also have another species there, which is. Uh, a lot more aggressive than viridescence. And that one is there um, early in the season. So in Europe, they plant, uh, they have um, uh, winter canola and spring canola, right? So uh, the other species comes out and that feeds on the, on the winter canola. And then the numbers increase. And then when the spring canola is ready uh, to bud, they move into the spring canola as well. And but viridescence just comes out in the spring and it just goes after the spring canola. So um, the pollen beetles, so the two of them together can do up to they have they have found like 70% reduction in yield there because they have those two of them together doing the damage. That sounds like an extreme case. Yeah, they do control. They do try to control the the the, the pollen beetles and trying to get them to uh, get numbers down. But it can reach that if it's very extreme. It can reach that point. But they try to keep it at a, at a lower level. Right? How did they get to Canada? Um, so they came in. It, they, you mostly find them along the coast. That's how they were first reported in in uh, Nova Scotia in 1967, but they 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 came in on uh, we we think they came in on ballasts of ships when they brought soil in because they overwinter in the soil, so they came in through that. There's a lot of insects that come in on the soil that was put in in ships just to balance them out. This was a long time back. So we think that's how they managed to get into, um, into um, North America. And you find them all along the coastline, right? That's like Maine and these areas. That's where they used, you find these pollen beetles. They've been in North America since 1967, or Nova Scotia. How come they haven't come to the prairies? It seems like after 50 years, they would be on the prairies by now. Yeah, they haven't had a chance to really, um, really multiply that much, you know, because we don't grow a lot of canola, but they have been moving. So now we find them in Quebec. Quebec grows quite a bit of canola there and they can be a big problem in, in canola there as well. So um, so they have been moving. We're trying to look, see if they were, uh, if they moved into East, uh, into Ontario. So we're monitoring them. Um, the thing is, you know, with, with uh, the, the temperature that's been warming, right? With the warm temperatures, global warming that's happening, and you are having these higher temperatures. So, uh, some someone modeled that to see if they would actually reach um, the the prairies, and they are. They they're predicted to reach the prairies uh, if the temperature keeps rising like this. The the prairies 
based canola grower organizations are funding your project, which is to generate knowledge and control strategies for the pollen beetle. They're obviously trying to get ahead of the pest before it arrives. Um, yes. you, were, you worked on a number of things within that project, including a threshold. What, what threshold for control did you come up with? So we, we've been doing this for a few years now to see what threshold we could we could find. And we found that nine beetles per plant would give you significant reduction in in um, yield. So nine beetles per plant, that's a lot of beetles on your in your canola. So um, so we know that, you know, if you have less than that, if you have seven beetles per plant, five beetles per plant, it's not going to cause um, a significant reduction in in your in uh, yield, so we know that now. So we don't need to go out and and uh, use a control mechanism uh, to reduce the population. So that's what we found with the threshold studies. How did you scout? Like, what, the threshold was based on what counting method? So what we did was we actually uh, had these big cages in the field, like really tall cages. And we put those cages in and we knew that there were no pollen beetles, nothing early in the season when the plants were just starting to grow. We put these, these cages on. Then we collected pollen beetles and we put them into this into these cages. So we counted, you know, we had a set number of, of plants in that in that area. Um, so we have 20, 24 24 plants in that cage. And then we introduced the beetles at different levels of, of numbers. So we had seven beetles per plant, nine beetles per plant, or zero beetles per plant. And then we looked at um, what type of damage uh, they would do if they were uh, this number of beetles per plant. So that was, that was the best way to look at them. Uh, to, to actually know how many beetles per plant you have, right? So now when you do when you do sweeps or when you count, right? Like there's different ways of of actually um, monitoring the population. So there's beet clot samples, there's there's sweep samples, there's different like you know like uh, yellow pen traps, all different different ways of monitoring insects. So I'm looking at the different ways to see which one would give us the best results. When you're monitoring, you know how many plants in that particular area that you are sweeping or what you're doing in a one square meter, you know how many plants you have. So based on that, you could calculate back and see how many beetles you have per plant and you could get an estimate and then make that decision on control techniques. One of the statements from, from the report, and I'll, I'll read it to you, it mm -hmm. says, uh, sweep net sampling in 2021 showed that in the presence of other pests, an average of four beetles per sweep gave 18% pod loss. What kind of other pests are we talking about? So we're talking about a quite a few other pests. So we're looking at the, the, the diamondback moth that's there. You have flea beetles. You have um, the, the um, seed pod weevil on there. Working together, they're decreasing the yield. Um, and that's why we wanted to look at it separately, like what it does on its own, and then what it would do along with other pests on the, on the um, 
in in the canola crop. We often talk about combining thresholds when there's a number of pests eating at the same time. So it's nice that your research actually looked into that. You know, Europe's been managing this pest for a while. Um, pesticides that are available in Europe are often eventually available here. So I think you've discovered that we do have tools to manage this pest if and when it arrives. Correct. We did look at different uh, different insecticides that you could use and how often you can use them. Um, this, the, the problem lies in, in um, it's a pest that is on flowers and, you know, it's during flowering time. That's when it's that's when it's on in the in the crop and that's when it needs to be controlled. So we looked at different pesticides from the angle of what we what could we use that was less toxic to bees because bees are also visiting the the crop at that time and what's what's the best time to apply this apply the the um, the, the insecticide and can we control it at before the flowers are open for for bees to come to the field right so we we did those studies and we looked at at different aspects of it and so we did and we did find some uh, some chemicals that are um, that can control um, this uh, the pollen beetle the adults at least the pollen beetle if there is a, a big problem you know growers do have some options they'll know when to when to really when to spray and how many times you need to spray because we learned a lot more about this insect so yeah we do have some options that would be available for growers what should farmers and agronomists on the prairies look for so they get advanced warning of the arrival of pollen beetle so i think it's very important to keep monitoring the fields because you don't know when they're here and it's like in in Prince Edward Island we didn't know that this beetle was here until I went and started sweeping canola fields and that's when I realized that there were a huge number of pollen beetles uh, in one of the growers fields and he had no clue that he had pollen beetles in there because you can still see the flowers because the flowers fall off eventually but you could still see them so he could see these yellow fields and thought oh everything's fine right but those yellow flowers were are eventually aborted so there's no um there's no pod that that grows out of it so you don't know unless you are really in your field and you're looking at looking for these pollen beetles flea beetles by then are uh have laid their eggs and i the adults probably haven't emerged so if you're scouting canola field canola fields while they're flowering and you see something that looks like flea beetles in the flowers themselves there's a good chance that that would be a pollen beetle is that fair to say yes that is fair to say yes if it if it's in the flower and you see it in the flower it's 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 there's a high probability that it is a pollen beetle christine is there anything else that i didn't ask that we should talk about yeah, so so we are doing this is our second round. We have an, a second round of 
this project. So the first round was looking at the thresholds and the, and the insecticides. Um, and we did a bit of study on the biology of this insect, on the ecology and biology. So we know when they come out, when do they lay their eggs, uh, when are the second instar present, when do they fall to the ground, and when do the adults that actually overwinter, when are they, um, when are they present in the uh, in the field and where do they move to, right? So we did all this, but now we have a second round of of uh, of a project that I just started this year, and this year we're looking at um, different varieties. We decided to look at the varieties to see if there are some that are uh, not only more attractive to to um, pollen beetle, but are they um, susceptible as well? Do you get yield loss? Is, is more yield loss in one variety as compared to another? So we're looking at uh, several different varieties um, in the variety trial that we normally do here. So we're looking at all the varieties to see what uh, level of damage that pollen beetle can do. And that's going to help growers because if you have a pollen beetle problem in that area, you could always grow a less susceptible variety. Are you getting any hints that there are differences? Now, this is the first year of this, this study, so I haven't looked at the data yet. We, we just collected all the information, so we're just we collected the seeds, we're drying the seeds now, and then the seeds are going to go get checked and uh, for yield as well as for for oil content. So that's another thing that we were looking at oil content of it. Like is it is it uh, going to affect the oil content? We were also looking at uh, green seeds because sometimes with canola, when you have the pollen beetle feeding on on the early buds, those buds abort, but canola has this um, ability to to produce these auxiliary shoots. So it, it tries to compensate. And so it's producing these auxiliary shoots that later in the season. So sometimes, you know, you're, you're because it's later in the season, all these these shoots and these pods are formed they don't mature at the same time as the rest of the crop so when you when you go and harvest you have some of these green seeds that you have which can cause problems in your in the in storage so we were looking at those as well and i'm really interested to see how these varieties um work like if they are if there is any uh, difference in uh, in and if there is a varietal difference or not it would be really interesting so i can't wait well thank you very much christine that was i really enjoyed finally getting to to talk to you in person you're very welcome and thank and, you very much thanks for for doing this i always enjoy talking about pollen beetles to find out more about Christine Nerona's research project, please visit the Canola Research Hub at canolaresearch.ca. Enter her last name, N-O-R-O-N-H-A, in the keyword search. You want the project titled, Generate Knowledge and Control Strategies for the Pollen Beetle Rasagogethes viridescence, a new invasive pest of canola. I asked uh, Megan Van Kosky, who I interviewed a couple of weeks ago, about her favorite insect. 
Do you have a favorite? <laughs> I do. I do. I like Colorado potato beetles. I, I've worked those things are so ugly. How could you like those? <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe it's because I've worked with them and I've enjoyed working with them so much. Um, yeah, they are. They are kind of, you know, like, you know, ugly, especially the larval stages. But they're so interesting because, you know, just their movement and where do they move to and that kind of thing. So I, I kind of like like working with potato beetles. They seem to be slow, very slow movers. Is that? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. And that's what, makes them, that's what makes them so interesting, so nice to work with, because if they fall on the ground, you can just pick them up and they don't fly away. So, you know, like all the other insects, they'll just go. Pollen beetles, we actually put them on, on ice. We have this, this um we freeze um, a container with with water. We put it in, freeze it, and then it's ice. And then we put our sample on top of that so that they keeps them calm and they don't move away because otherwise I have pollen beetles all over my lab if I'm not careful. Canola Watch is an agronomy service from the Canola Council of Canada with support from the three prairies-based canola grower organizations, Saskanola, Alberta Canola, and Manitoba Canola Growers. At the core of Canola Wash is a timely agronomy email with regular updates throughout the growing season on pests, weather, fertilizer management, and other topics. If you are not already subscribed, please sign up at canolawatch.org. This has been a Canola Watch podcast. My name is Jay Wetter. Thank you very much for listening.